This is kind of what we expected. Trump to get that early lead and then Hillary will get the big states and everything will be fine. And then it wasn't. And I was wrong. I was so wrong. The results come in. It was supposed to just be a formality. And all of a sudden it started to appear that a nightmare was about to begin. And that's what I just kept thinking the whole night. The comedy is over. This is no longer funny. We are in this, living in this. And uh, there was this sense that it wasn't supposed to be like this. It was just like the world falling out from underneath me. It just felt a lot more silent walking outside. And it was really shocking. As it started to seem uh, more and more likely that he was going to win, um, I got really emotional and just ended up like just openly weeping in front of my friend. And I woke up and yeah, Trump was president. And there it was, the little circular picture of Donald Trump's face on the Google result. And then I actually laid down in my bed and cried for a little bit. But I sort of hoped in vain that there must have been a conspiracy. Mass voter obstruction, hacked ballot machines, maybe a glitch in the data relay. I maintained that pretty much until Wisconsin decided to vote for Donald. And I was just floored. CNN now projects that Donald Trump will carry the state of Wisconsin. He will win Wisconsin with its 10 electoral votes. He's cracked the so-called blue wall that Hillary Clinton had tried to create. And well, because I really just didn't see a possibility that Donald Trump could ever become president. We still really didn't think that Trump had any chance of winning. And I, I you know, I thought it was a formality this this whole day. You know, I, I thought she had a strong chance of winning. Like everybody else, I went in expecting Hillary to win. You know, given the fact that every single poll in the universe, including uh, conservative channels like Fox News, if I'm not mistaken, predicted that Clinton would decimate and it wouldn't even be like fucking close. Thought that Clinton would decimate. Very politically minded and he was extremely confident in Hillary. And he was like, it's going to be okay. We're going to be good. And I was like, yep, can't wait for tomorrow. And he's like, yep, I'm going to be, you know, drinking to celebrate tonight. Not to mention that she was about to break the mother of all glass ceilings. I was feeling really confident. I think like many people, I just presumed she was going to win. Voted for Clinton with uttermost confidence. I was so confident in the Hillary victory that what I did instead of watching was play Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on the 3DS with a friend uh, in Florida. I even had, like, kind of made up my mind not to vote. You know, what was the point? Trump was going to lose, that was that. It's 7 o'clock in the East, and here are the first projections of election night 2016. November 8th, 2016 was the fall of hubris for a lot of people, uh, myself included. I watched the election results on, I want to say, CNN with my sister, and neither of us paid any attention to it at the start. I was so confident in the Hillary victory that what I did, instead of watching, was play Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on the 3DS with a friend uh, in Florida. It was actually our first time hunting the Gogmazios, the final boss of the game that's uh, this lumbering, gargantuan dragon that oozes destructive black tar. It was a pretty menacing photo fight, but we managed to beat it not once, but twice. And it seemed like a, you know, a fitting event for that night, you know? A well-earned victory snatched from the jaws of a terrible foe. Uh, But when I put down the 3DS, things weren't looking good. I think it was around 8 or 9 at night, and I had seen places that originally had a blue edge or were predicted to go blue, like Michigan, Pennsylvania, optimistically Florida... Um, struggle to come through for Hillary. 
and as the night would go on, the numbers in her favor would slip further and further away. I remember looking online, seeing what the Democrat apologists were saying about the election, desperately searching for what precincts had urban areas that had yet to report in. And uh, there was this sense that it wasn't supposed to be like this. N not just in regards to that all the pollsters predicted Hillary would win, or only morons voted for Trump, but the idea that people loathed our government so much that the quality of the outside candidate mattered less to them than the fact that he was simply an outside candidate. Uh, Hillary felt like the obvious choice to win because she was, in many ways, the epitome of a well-groomed political candidate, focus tested precisely for an event like this. It just felt crazy to see her losing, unless you ignored the entire presidential campaign or purposely revel in chaos. As midnight slowly approached, my sister and I started drinking some wine, which is something I've actually I've rarely seen her do. Uh, with defeat looming overhead, we started talking about how this could happen. You know, what happened to America? Why, why would people buy into this? A lot of explanations would emerge in the following weeks and months, but at the time it felt like evil had snuck into the soul of America while we were sleeping. I know, that's hyperbolic to say, but that's how it felt at the time. We had overestimated what American values meant to people. Trump was just so raw and naked in his hatred and fear-mongering that it was kind of like, how could the class bully win the race for student president? Why would we as a group elect someone that had so few character virtues? Was 40 years spent in politics really less preferable to being a businessman that glued his name onto everything he did? November 8th, 2016 was the fall of hubris because a lot of people, like myself, expected better of America. I didn't see us succumbing to xenophobia like Britain or buying into nationalist rhetoric like Russia. The Pacific and Atlantic Ocean acted as a barrier of sorts, I thought, to this madness. But the only madness was choosing or being willfully ignorant to what was already there. The real lunacy was laughing at Trump's campaign, feeling like Hillary was the perfect candidate, and refusing to acknowledge America's desperate need for a populist figure. We underestimated the rural white vote, because we assumed they'd be like us liberals, or at the very least, us liberals would outnumber them in the end. And I was wrong. A lot of us were wrong. A lot of us were naive. We still are naive, but less than we were after that night. Trump's victory was like a crack of thunder that tore through the sky. Its deafening roar amazed some, but terrified millions of others. It was the sound that heralded a lumbering, gargantuan administration that oozed destructive black tar. And I thought as a nation we would choose to fight back this foe, not welcome it. An honor to introduce the Chief Justice of the United States, John G. Roberts, Jr., who will administer the presidential oath of office. Everyone, please stand. Hello everyone, I'm Alana, and this is my Election Day 2016 story. It is not super exciting or meaningful, but it is what it is. So I thought it would be fun to share that a day or two before uh, Trump got elected, a friend of mine actually had a dream where he won, and we had to drive down to D.C. and stage a rebellion, and I remember posting about it on Facebook and we both laughed it off because... <laughs> 
we still really didn't think that Trump had any chance of winning. But the morning he did end up winning, I voted for Hillary, and I was voting for Hillary a bit dispassionately at first. But as I was driving home, I started feeling pretty emotional because I had actually gotten the chance to elect a woman president. Not that it ended up mattering so much later that night. I think it still matters that we even had the opportunity to do so, but it definitely made the fact of her loss a little more jarring later on. So I really stupidly invited a few of my friends over to watch the election. Um, we were all teachers at the time, and we were planning on like lesson planning or, or grading papers or something during the election. I guess we thought it would be that simple. But we ended up doing none of our work, and we were just kind of glued to all our laptops trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. And towards the end of the night, as it started to seem uh, more and more likely that he was going to win, um, I got really emotional and just ended up like just openly weeping in front of my friends, which was embarrassing, but it was a really rough night. It was understandable. Everyone understood. But before they left, we tried to do a tarot reading for the year ahead because we were just like, we didn't know what else to do. So we we're like, let's let's just figure out how this is going to go. And I'll be honest, I don't quite remember everything, what cards came up, but I definitely remember there being some gloomy cards in there, um, some destructive cards, but possibly something hopeful at the end, or maybe that's just wishful thinking. But yeah, it was a rough night. A year later, every day is still a new nightmare. I do think it's pretty inspiring to see the level of resistance, um, especially when I don't feel so quite so resistant most days. I'm still not, I'm not um, as bitter towards certain family members that voted for Trump, although I'm still very confused about their stubborn loyalty to him. I don't know why after everything that's happened in the last year they would still say they don't regret voting for him. I'm still really overwhelmed by the power of the media and how we, you know, get actual facts to people, how we get people out of their their bias bubbles and understand what's actually going on. A year later, he's still the dumpiest garbage person I've ever seen, heard, or thought of in my entire life. So I guess it's comforting to know that that'll never change and he'll always be terrible. And remember that statistically, you know, he will drop dead in our lifetime. So we'll be able to celebrate that day. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. Hey, it's Michael Rader. Election Day 2016 was uneventful for me. I wasn't really excited for Hillary Clinton. I think like many people, I just presumed she was going to win. I had already mailed in my ballot for her two weeks prior, so I, hadn't, I didn't actually do anything on Election Day. My plan was, I figured I would uh, stay up to see Florida get called for her and then go to bed pretty peacefully. I, I was writing and keeping a vague eye on the uh, election results, and uh, like a lot of people, I think there was just this sinking feeling, uh, this moment of dread just as the first results started coming in in Florida and Michigan and Wisconsin uh, when it looked more and more like Trump was going to win, and it was just like the world falling out from underneath me and something that just punctuated it so, so perfectly and so tragically for me uh, was I had forgotten to turn off my daughter's bedroom lights and she had been sitting in her room reading uh, and it was probably an hour past her bedtime when she finally came to ask for me to turn off the lights and 
uh, it was after Florida had just been called and I realized that Trump was going to win. And she just says, Dad, it's cold and I'm tired and I just want to go to sleep. And it was exactly how I felt at that moment, too. And it was just a moment of dramatic irony for me. And I also went to bed because I was cold and tired and just wanted to sleep. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. My name is Henrik, and Election Day was really awful when Donald Trump won the presidency. I was at work. I work at a, at the time I was working retail, and I worked uh, until midnight. Well, actually, I worked until one o'clock that night. So, me and a bunch of the guys were there, and, you know, we come into work, and everybody's, of course, talking about the election, and, you know, it's about six o'clock, so the first results are starting to come in, and, you know, things are leaning a little bit towards Trump, but we're like, nah, this is fine. And one of my co-workers he used to work in politics he used to uh he's from the south and he used to run uh campaigns and he was very politically minded and he was extremely confident in hillary and he was like it's gonna be okay we're gonna be good and i was like yep can't wait for tomorrow and he's like yep i'm gonna be you know drinking to celebrate tonight and so the entire mood was everybody's like okay these are their early states you know this is kind of what we expected Trump to get that early lead, and then Hillary will get the big states, and everything will be fine. And then it wasn't. And it was weird, because, you know, we were all working. So everybody's kind of trudging through, and the mood is slowly changing over the course of the night. And it's the only time I've been in a working environment uh, for a presidential election, because the last one... I was 24 at the time of this election, and I was 20 at the time of the last one. And the last one, I remember, you know, it was Mitt Romney. It wasn't ever going to go to him. So it was pretty secure. And I was at college, and it was different. But this, it was like, it was really surreal. It was really unnerving. And a couple of my coworkers, who are incredibly calm and reserved people, it was the first time I ever saw them crack. You know, I saw my buddy Charles get really upset and we're, you know, unloading everything at the end of the night and he just starts yelling, like furious yelling. You know, the store is empty at this point, but he's literally yelling while we're all right next to him. He's just like, everybody hates everybody and nobody has any good faith and this world is, you know, helpless and all stuff. And he's a really positive person, but it just... It broke him in that moment. And even one of my coworkers, uh, this guy, Milton, uh, really never gets political, ever. And even he was like, yeah, people just suck. Explicitly, he was like, people are the worst. I have no faith in people. And it was kind of this weird thing because uh, every single person just over the course of the night got more and more depressed. And then I... You know, I'm heading home, and, you know, now it's like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning by the time I get off the train in Brooklyn. And I call my girlfriend, and we've been texting throughout the night. And we had only been going out for a couple months, and she's really upset. And it was the first time I think I ever heard her cry. And it was the first time we ever got into a fight because I had to tell her that I didn't vote. 
and I'm ashamed to say it, uh, wasn't registered to vote because I had been in college last election and I didn't get my paperwork in the time, so I wasn't registered. And she got so angry at me, and I I felt bad, but I didn't I didn't feel terrible because New York went to the Democrats and you know went to Hillary, and I felt confident. And that's why it didn't destroy me inside, but I did feel really upset because I knew that was the case with a lot of people. And in New York, I really, this is not a question, New York was never going to go to Trump, ever. But you know, there were people in other places that felt that same way. There were people, you know, in Ohio, who were like, no, you know, this will be fine. It's going to go to Hillary. Who's going to vote for Trump? And people did. It's fucking awful. And a year later, that's the reality of the world is like, everybody kind of failed there. You know, and we all have still have to deal with the consequences of just massive failure nationwide. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. Hello, friends. This is Philip Ginley uh, talking about this time last year when the election happened and when our life turned into the hell that it is now. So. That morning, got up out of bed, felt energized, uh, walked to the voting booth and voted for Clinton with uttermost confidence. I remember listening to Sly and the Family Stone Stand, which is one of my favorite albums about empowerment and social justice and inclusiveness, thinking, hell yeah, I just voted out fascism. Take that. Workday was pretty standard, just kind of more worried about work itself than any of the election stuff, thinking it was pretty much in the bag. I had a hunch that it was going to be, like, maybe, like, a one in, like, five chance that Trump was would win, which even that was scary to think about, but I didn't really think about it. I was convinced she was going to win. So, after work, I go to a bar in Brooklyn with some friends. We find... Enough seating for all of us to be comfortable and drink and watch the whole election, and I thought the hard part was over. So, we all thought. So once we saw Florida go red, we thought, oh, this is scary, but she still has all these other states, and eventually we would see Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio. And I remember thinking, this is going to be a bizarre reference, but I kept thinking about the opera Pagliacci which, for those of you who don't know, is an Italian opera where a clown, a man who is a clown for a profession, is depressed because he finds out that his wife is cheating on him with his best friend. And in a fit of rage, he murders his friend who is cheating on his wife and his wife. And the very last words are La Commedia è finita, which in Italian translates to The Comedy is Over. And that's what I just kept thinking the whole night. The comedy is over. This is no longer funny. We are in this, living in this. And, I mean, now we kind of are living through it and seeing all of the horrifying and ridiculous things that are going on. But I still remember that day, that night, where we had no idea what would happen after this, if there would even be a future.
And I remember it was just a standard night of everyone just partying, having fun, swapping, like, funny jokes that they saw on Twitter or Facebook. And I just, like, felt the air go out of the room more and more. I had friends leaving in, like, a fit of tears and horror, just running out of the bar, not even saying goodbye to anyone. And by the end of the night, like, midnight, one o'clock, I was standing with my girlfriend. She was in tears. I was clenching my teeth. On Facebook, as we say in the Facebook group on Oops, I Talk Divisive Issues, incredibly mad online, looking at a lot of the people that I saw back home on Long Island celebrating. I'm thinking to myself, they're happy of the pain that people are feeling right now. The very real pain, the very real horror that their rights, their needs to have a decent living might be taken away from them. And my whole life, I've basically been told... Be nice to Republicans, be nice to conservatives, listen to people, you know, respect everyone's opinions, knowing that they never really respected mine or listened to what I had to say or took anything that I had to say seriously. I always played nice. There's a difference between being nice and being good. And I think this past year, I've kind of been trying to learn what those two things mean and how they're actually different from each other. And that if we want things to get better, we can't always ask nice of what we need, and we need to start being more vigilant about it. Or not necessarily vigilant, but more stern and demanding in what people basically need to survive. And we're seeing this with the newest election. I'm recording this the night of November 9th after a very successful election where... We got a lot of good candidates in Virginia, and it feels good, but we need to remember the pain and the despair that we felt this time last year, and how we can make sure that whatever comes next after Trump that might possibly be worse, that we have a standing fight against it. That I will faithfully execute. Hello, this is Matt Jorgensen, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about how the election day went, I particularly remember being overwhelmed that day, and it had nothing to do with the election. I had groceries to get, and laundry to do, and housework, and a couple of errands, and I was flustered because I didn't think I'd have enough time in the day to do it all. Uh, the last thing on my mind was the election. It was to the point where I even had, like, kind of made up my mind not to vote. And what was the point? Trump was going to lose, that was that. But Rebecca ended up calling me and letting me know that she wouldn't be able to vote on campus and she'd have to go to the polling place. And I figured, well, if I have to, if I have to drive across town to get her there anyways, I may as well vote. So we went and we stopped for dinner afterwards and got home fairly late. And some states had already been called. Trump was ahead at this point, but not by an unreasonable amount. And I humored myself that it was fine. Everything was going to be fine. And I maintained that pretty much until Wisconsin decided to vote for Donald. Old Donny. Donny T. And I was just floored. 
I had never expected that. And before I knew what was going on, the election had been called and he'd won. And I remember just standing in the middle of the living room, not knowing what to do with myself. Rebecca was on the phone and I just stood there. I decided I was going to go out and get a pack of cigarettes. So that's what I did. And I sat in front of the grimy gas station and chain-smoked a pack of Marlboro Blacks. And at some point, I decided to call my dad. And he, uh, I wasn't expecting him to be awake. He ended up being. And we ended up talking for mm, two, maybe three hours. And he said something with me that stuck. And it still sticks to this day. He said, it's not going to be very easy being a liberal right now. But the current Republican Party is full of idiots. And so long as we get off our asses and fight against the stuff we know is wrong, we can at least stop them from ruining everything. And I knew as I walked home that I wanted to do something. But I didn't know what. And, you know, I started to post discussions or jokes or whatever I could on Facebook to distract from the eminent awfulness and try and do my own research on how to be more politically aware and more socially and culturally adept, so to speak. And then Oops was formed. And boy, did I learn, at the very least, learned how little I knew. I think... The interesting part is that the fear and anxiety of that night has not gone away. But I think that's true of most people. That I will faithfully execute. It's uh, Evan here. It's 1am. Just pour myself a little bit of whiskey because it seems appropriate given the topic. And uh, happy anniversary, everyone. Hope you're uh, still breathing. So I, uh, I guess we should start with the easiest part, which is the expectations going in. Um, yeah, probably, I'm assuming everyone here is going to say the same thing on this topic. Uh, obviously, you know, given the fact that every single poll in the universe, including uh, conservative channels like Fox News, if I'm not mistaken, predicted that Clinton would decimate, and it wouldn't even be, like, fucking close, thought that Clinton would decimate. I mean, like, you know, not to go over too much of it, yeah, because we all, uh, you know, you've heard these stories a thousand times, but, I mean, he just seemed too much like a lunatic. Okay, so I was at my cousin's house, and it's hard to explain how they are in such a brief amount of time, as much as I love them, but they can be um, a little bit arrogant in the fact that they think they are 100% more morally correct on in everyone, on every political viewpoint they have, or any philosophical point they have, or whatever. You know, I generally don't think they've ever had a serious conversation with anyone who disagree with them about anything. I mean, including me and my dad and my brother to an extent, because we just don't get into it with them, because they're so... Once again, I love them. They're, you know, my cousins. But when it started to go bad, I, I was fucking perplexed. But at the same time, maybe it's because of a group I was surrounded by, which was them and all their friends. And they were just kind of like, you know, like in favor of not talking to family members or their friends again, who um, they, we disagree with on certain top, on not just certain topics, but on who they're voting for, no matter what the reason. So I don't know. I just don't really fall into that category. So I, I, I guess when I started to turn, I was, you know, amazed. But at the same time, you know, especially as someone who's not really a complete progressive, there was a, a slither of pettiness from me, I guess, and a just a slight, you know, it, it was it was really petty. But I, I felt a little bit like, oh, this is fucking funny. Like, you know, you, you 
Papa's douchebags didn't ever ever see this coming. But, you know, it also didn't help that my cousins were saying shit about, like, you know, like, as it was going back, like, oh, we're going to fucking move. This is literally Hitler. There's going to be a genocide tomorrow. So I was just surrounded by, like, like cartoonish versions of, you know, of the left and ca- cartoonish versions of, of people who were just, you know, I don't even remember everything they said, but it was just so outrageous that they, and we clearly didn't do any of it, but I was like, it's a fucking, you know, it's, it sucks, but it's a, you know, it's just, we're, we're not going to, it's not going to be a fucking genocide tomorrow. And like, Jesus Christ, you're not moving to Canada. You guys have jobs here. Like, for, for just crazy shit. Um, the day after I started to feel, you know, a lot worse and I wasn't drunk anymore. So a slight feeling of, uh, you know, fuck you cousins wore off pretty, pretty quickly. And especially because I was in New York City, because that's where they lived. So it just felt, you know, it was weird. I mean, if, if you, like, weren't in New York City, it's really hard to explain. But it just felt a lot more silent walking outside. And it was really shocking. Was, but, uh, yeah, I mean, even when I went to the beer store just to come back and hang out, I mean, it felt, like, completely dead and no one was talking. It was, it was a very strange feeling. And then I kind of, you know, I guess remembered how much I despised Trump. And, uh... Then I became nervous again because I realized that our country was, you know, at least partially in control of uh, a complete child, and that was, you know, just led the future to be much more unpredictable than it has ever been in my life. And uh, yeah, that that feeling of of being on edge and of being uh, pretty nervous about the uh, unpredictability and you know lack of faith I had in my lead, my leader, and um, Jesus fucking Christ, my leader. But yeah. Um, no, but that has never really gone away, and, you know, he hasn't really proven himself to, hasn't really given me any reason to change my presumptions about him. Like I said before, I'm not, you know, not thrilled about Trump, and he hasn't, uh, exactly, unfortunately, done anything to disprove my presumptions about him, so I'm not, you know, not ecstatic, but at the same time, I'm very optimistic about, uh, the next election. I, I think that, I think that people will want someone who acts like an adult, who doesn't tweet at foreign leaders, who, you know, has at least some qualities uh, that are presidential. And um, I know this is going to shock a lot of you, but I, I'm actually, I think we're doing a lot better than some of us thought we'd be doing a year later. And I don't expect other people to end as optimistically as I do, but listen, the fact is the stock market's up. We're not in any like real wars. Yes, things are scary, but it's so much fucking better than I thought it would be a full year later, especially with how unpredictable it is. So I know three years seems like a long time, but I really, I don't know. I'm optimistic because this is going to be a blip. It's going to be embarrassing. There's going to be some things that we're going to have to like, it'll probably take a while to fix once he's, you know, God knows what he's capable of doing over the next three years. But if this year is any indication, I genuinely do not think it will be as horrifying as some, including myself, have predicted. The office of president of the United States. My name is Brian, and election day was a very surreal day for me. At the time, you know, I was going to vote for Hillary, and I, you know, I thought it was a formality. This, this whole day, you know, I, I thought she had a strong chance of winning and uh, found myself later on at night in a this dank dive bar with Ryan and a few others and we were watching the, uh, the results come in. It was supposed to just be a formality and all of a sudden it started to appear that a nightmare was about to begin.
we were all confused and angry and it, it just it didn't seem like it was ever going to end and then you know as a little backstory i had this persona i made on facebook it was a this quirky old man who would like troll my friends and say silly things on their facebook comments that were nonsensical and a few people had figured out it was me but a lot of people didn't and i would never admit it even when people asked me about it until that night until trump was declared the winner and i i decided that was the night that my creation had to die for for a variety of reasons one of those reasons was because the world was about to be chaos and i was like this this the world <laughs> the world won't be good enough for this character to continue and another was that i wanted to put a smile on everyone's face in that room for at least a minute if i could so i remember just you know being in that bar and walking up to everybody and going guys that was me i was this character this whole time and and everyone would just started laughing giving me hugs and stuff and it was just it was it was a weird strange way of bringing everyone back to reality for a little small amount of time until you know we all realized again what had happened and it was we it was just everyone felt so defeated and you know we're driving home i'm driving a few people home and it's just silence the whole time and no one wants to talk or you know just everyone's just taking it in and then i remember the next day the day after and uh at the time i was unemployed it was in between jobs and i just slept the whole day i, I didn't want to get out of bed i was you know if i had a job i might have just called in sick but this is i didn't plan to do this and i just did i just slept all day and i couldn't get up and i couldn't I read the news I couldn't function and I remember I think Obama released some kind of statement that day and that was the one thing that kind of got me up and going again was that he you know in the face of this confusion and possible destruction of our entire political process he told us to basically move forward and you know it got less and less crazy after that but it still never feels right to say President Donald Trump. The office of President of the United States. Hi, I'm Lauren. So it was election night 2016. I was feeling really confident. It was... I had just checked 538. Uh, everything seemed to be all in order. And I was just hanging out with my boyfriend. It was our date night. Whatever, we had both voted for Clinton earlier in the day. Everything was good. And we're just sitting around with our beers waiting for Hillary Clinton to become the first female president. Was she the person I wanted to be running for the DNC? No. But if it's between voting for a woman whose policies and past and uh, where she gets money from, I disagree with. Or voting for a piece of human refuse in a New York City sewer with a weird tuft of hair, it's definitely going to be Hillary Clinton. The first signs that something was very wrong happened about 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, when uh, my roommates called me down to their room to start watching TV and look at some of the preliminary numbers coming in. And I brushed everything off. I was like, guys, the cities are the democratic places in every uh, state. They haven't counted the cities yet because the cities just closed. Don't worry about it. 
And I was wrong. I was so wrong. The night wore on, and my boyfriend and I tried to get some sleep. But we couldn't sleep. I kept waking up sweaty and looking at the the Google results for the election. And seeing that Pennsylvania was going to Trump. And, and, and Minnesota was going to Trump. Michigan. Michigan was going to Trump. What the fuck is happening? What is going on? And I couldn't sleep. And everything got worse and worse. And I just started realizing this is what America is. America isn't a good place filled with hope and dreams. It's full of garbage people who want to tell you that the Civil War wasn't about slavery and we still want to call it the War of Northern Aggression. It's full of people who want to vote for someone who admits on tape to sexual assault and that's not a deal breaker for them. Eventually, I fell asleep. Maybe it was four or five. And the first thing that I can remember doing in the morning is getting a message from my fiancé. I have both a boyfriend and a fiancé. Everybody knows about each other. It's fine. I realize that might have been confusing in the story. And he said, Babu, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how this is going to happen. But he told me that it was going to be okay. My boyfriend the night before had been holding me and telling me it was going to be okay, too. And while they, they... I didn't want to believe them because everything just seemed really fucking terrible. Like, how this is going to happen. It's going to hurt everyone and everything is going to be shitty for at least four years. Like, a solid four years. These These xenophobic, racist pieces of shit are going to try and undo every good thing that the Democrats got, you know, to do in the eight years Obama was in office. But I do get to see people who weren't politically engaged now politically engaged. I get to see people fighting against evil. And while I wish that there wasn't an evil to fight against, period, my boyfriend and my fiancé were right. And it's not gonna be better tomorrow. It's not gonna be better in two years. It's probably not even gonna be better in six or seven or even eight years because it's gonna take so long to undo all this horrific garbage that's happening to our country. But, I mean, based on this last wave of elections, based on people who I see who didn't give a shit about politics a year ago coming up to me, it it changed things... It changed people's awareness, and I guess if I couldn't not have Donald Trump as president, then people finally giving a shit about their country and giving a shit about politics is the bare minimum I could possibly have asked for. And will, to the best of my ability. Hi, my name is Elle Rigardi. So, on the night of... Uh, election night 2016. I don't really remember the date right now. Actually, the day of, I remember, I lived next to the polling place. It was the fire station next to where I lived at the time. And I had actually voted by about 6.45 a.m. that morning because they opened early. And I voted for Hillary Clinton on the Working Families Party line, and I was really, really excited about it. But I had this sort of lurking dread and I kept pushing it down. And I remember every time I like spoke to a friend or literally 
anyone, a coworker or someone I ran into that I noticed with an HRC sticker, I, I almost kind of like overcompensated for the dread by being like super gung-ho about how Hillary Clinton was going to be the first female president. And the thing that sticks out the most for me is I work for a photographer and she and her wife have these like two really wonderful little girls. One was three at the time and one was just getting to her first birthday. And I remember being really, really excited and talking to the photographer I worked for, Erica, and I were just discussing how exciting it was that Hillary Clinton was going to be president and that her older daughters and her younger daughters' first really conscious memories were going to be of the first female president and Star Wars being headed by a lady. And we kind of just felt like the the Clinton presidency would be the culmination of this feminist forward thrust that we felt had been collecting over the past few years and so I went throughout the day dreadful but still pretty sure that it was going to end well because I really just didn't see a possibility that Donald Trump could ever become president and I remember sitting in the living room with my two roommates and I had actually kind of opened up to them a little bit about my seeping dread and I think that like me they had the same feelings but had just kind of pushed them down and we all kind of just got gung-ho together again and we were watching the election results as they kind of came up I think we were streaming them on YouTube and I remember being really excited at first because Texas was blue for like 20 minutes and I was like oh my god Texas might go blue that's how bad Donald Trump is and then of course it went red and when I went to bed though Florida was still blue and I fell asleep thinking that I was going to wake up in a world that was much the same, except that now there was a female president. And I remember waking up the next day and pulling up my phone and kind of having a sick feeling in my stomach, almost like I knew it was going to happen. And there it was, the little circular picture of Donald Trump's face on the Google result. And then I actually laid down in my bed and cried for a little bit. I saw both of my roommates that morning. We didn't really say much. And then I went to work, and it was really, really somber. I watched a lot of dog videos. <laughs> um, I, know, I remember, like, posting a lot of statuses about how everyone should drink a lot of water and eat something healthy and pack a snack and try to stay away from caffeine because it was going to be a shit day. And it was a shit day. And... Luckily, I live in a particularly blue area of the Hudson Valley, and most of us voted for Hillary Clinton. I didn't really see too many Trump supporters. What I did see that gave me a lot of hope, and still gives me a lot of hope, is that when you're down to the wire and things really suck, I think it really can bring out the best in people. I don't think that you should have to be in a worst-case scenario to bring out the best in people, but I think that those situations really do. And I think that since the election of Donald Trump, we really have moved towards being better selves. I know it seems like a mess a lot of the time, but we're having conversations that needed to be had. We're addressing issues that we used to pretend were non-issues, whether it's racism or sexism or transphobia or homophobia. I think that um, the most important thing to me has been that that forward thrust towards feminism that I, I felt like was going on before the 2016 election. 
on that day, I really felt like it was over and it wasn't. I think that we've only moved forward. It's been harrowing to hear how many women and non-straight people and non-cis heterosexual people have had to come forward and talk about their traumatic experiences, but those conversations are important and a mark of bravery. And as much as this presidency sucks, I think the only thing that can come out of it is that we can learn from it and try to do better because that's the only thing any of us can do. And will, to the best of my ability. Hi, this is Julia. I've followed liberal politics for almost as long as I can remember, but I really got into it in 2008. I absolutely loved Obama, and I still do. But all good things must come to an end, which brings us to the dumpster fire that was 2016. I was feeling the burn at first, but when Hillary became the nominee, I was still really excited. There was no denying that Hillary had experience and tenacity, and I knew she would fight for causes I believed in, like women's rights and health care. Not to mention that she was about to break the mother of all glass ceilings. Now, fast forward through the 5,000 years it took to reach Election Day 2016. I was still in graduate school, and since I was away from home, I'd voted absentee. I didn't get the satisfaction of going to the polls, but it was still a really good day. I wore a pantsuit decked out in political buttons, and there was electricity in the air. My progressive, social justice-oriented co-workers, classmates, and professors were optimistic. Despite all the Trump signs which had popped up in and around town over the previous few months, we were generally under the impression that he just couldn't win. Call it liberal elitism, intellectual superiority, maybe even classist ignorance. In any case, we were all expecting to celebrate a triumph of social progress. That afternoon, I even shared a picture of the pantsuit-clad puppet I'd sewn of Hillary Clinton for a third-grade biography report. A bit smugly, I congratulated myself on having identified her as a role model at just eight years old. Later on, I set myself up in my living room to watch the returns and saw things slowly start to go down the drain. When one of my housemates passed through before heading to bed, she said she knew Trump was going to win, and I was annoyed that she'd conceded. I was getting scared, but I stayed stubborn and optimistic. The results kept coming in with little evidence of a turnaround, but I sort of hoped in vain that there must have been a conspiracy. Mass voter obstruction, hacked ballot machines, maybe a glitch in the data relay. I wanted to stay up until it was all over, but I had work in the morning and gave up around 2 a.m. I posted an angry status on Facebook warning anyone who had voted for Trump or a third party not to speak to me because they disrespected my rights. I was probably shouting into the void since my Facebook friends are mostly my graduate classmates and fellow New Paltz alums, but I couldn't contain myself. I remember waking up several times early in the morning and thinking that I was having nightmares. When I finally did get up, I felt the most disgusting combination of fear, disappointment, despair, and nausea. My rights as a woman were threatened. My right to affordable health care as a person with chronic illnesses was threatened. My family and friends in the LGBT community were scared for their lives, so I got mad. I decided on a variation of keep calm and carry on, which was more like keep angry and get ready to fight someone. That morning, my makeup was done to perfection, and I put together an outfit which made me feel lethal. 
I wanted to stand tall and speak up and roundhouse kick anyone who got in my way. On November 8th, I'd felt confident in premature triumph. On November 9th, I felt confident in little but my righteous fury. When I got to work, it was quiet. I worked in a library, so quiet wasn't unusual, but that day it was oppressive. I don't remember which class I had after work. Nobody could focus. I remember seeing my mentor later that afternoon, and a small group of us talked, still sort of in shock. She assured us that things would not be easy, but if we kept fighting for our ideals, all was not lost. I took comfort in these words, coming from someone who had been through the civil rights movement, but I was still overwhelmed with all sorts of emotion. I finally talked to my mom on the phone that evening, and she was devastated. Her being so scared and upset was kind of frightening, but reminded me that I am, in fact, one of the most stubborn people I know, one of the most determined, and one of the most optimistic. I got all fired up, reassuring her that we were going to get through this and fight like hell. I went to a meeting with my classmates that night where I blasted Act 1 of Hamilton until someone feeling a little less revolutionary told me to turn it off. We talked about our futures. We were outgoing museum studies students headed towards careers in nonprofits. We knew our field would be attacked and defunded. As millennials, we already had existential dread about debt, finding jobs, and not making enough money even if we were employed. I knew the field we were so passionate about wasn't likely to make us rich, but now we worried that the opportunities we did have would be gone altogether. It was a weird couple of months after that, but then oops happened. I didn't know anyone on the Facebook group besides the hosts and a small handful of others, but over the past year, I feel like I've become part of a real community. It's probably saved my sanity. A year later, I don't know what's going to happen in the next three. It feels like everything is going to shit in 2017, between a bastardized government, literal Nazis, countless mass shootings, and brutal natural disasters. I do know that even though the road ahead of us is not a smooth one, we still need to fight to make this world a better place. I'm still too stubborn and optimistic to give up on believing that's possible. I know that in order to get anywhere with that, community is essential, and that open dialogue is the only way to find which actions will move us forward. I'm very fortunate to have those things with the OOPS crowd, and I take them with me onto the battlefront. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. So my experience the night before the election, or while it was being called, wasn't particularly memorable. Um, like everybody else, I went in expecting Hillary to win. And as we watched the results come in, we were kind of like, okay. Then it was like, oh. And eventually we realized that it was probably going to be a Trump win. And I had work in the morning, so I went to bed early and just kind of let it be. And I woke up and, yeah, Trump was president. Which felt like a pretty big loss, but I had to get to work. I was working as a substitute teacher in a middle school at the time, so I just got myself ready and went in. And being in a school that day was pretty surreal. I was in a middle school, so the kids were 12, 13 years old. And as I'm sure many of you are aware, 12 and 13 year olds are not really great at being composed, civilized human beings. So while some kids were completely devastated at what this might mean for them, other ones were 
making Trump jokes, playing games, laughing, and other kids were just downright cruel. Um, I actually witnessed one kid tell another student who was Mexican that them and their family were going to be kicked out of the country and there was nothing they could do about it, which was pretty hard to watch. Um, the kid was crying. I did my best to address the situation, sending the kid to the principal, but it kind of how do you really combat that, especially as a substitute teacher? I wasn't someone really that the kids took as a position of authority. I didn't know them. I didn't know anyone's backgrounds. I saw a lot of kids crying that day, a lot of kids with their heads down, kind of quiet, and I did my best to just sort of let them be. While well, I saw other kids who just thought this was the funniest thing in the world and spouting off the word huge and all these other stupid Trumpisms that they just thought was so funny. And I just wanted to say to them, like, you don't realize that this is like what people are going to be seeing when they see our country. It was it was a crazy day. One thing, though, that really was what I tried to focus on and take away from the whole thing was I came in contact with and met with a couple of teachers at the end of the day who were telling me about their days. And it was just really inspiring. They were saying things like, how it's now their job to push forward and make sure that their students have a safe space and really educate the kids, especially the ones who were upset and worried about what this would mean for them on what a president really can and can't do. With middle school age children, a lot of them really basically think that the president is sort of like an emperor being who can do anything and tell you anything. And for the people who felt, the children who felt that, this was a person who really had a problem with people like them, students who were Muslim, students who were Mexican. They thought that this man was going to come in and completely flip their lives around, that he could make them leave the country, that he could make their lives a hell. So to see these teachers really take the time and tell me about their plans to really, really support these students and show them that while... There may be some hateful things being said by other students, by their families, and even by our own president. There isn't much that can be done right now that the president cannot just kick them and their families out, that we're going to move forward to make school a safe place and really give those children a chance to have somewhere where they can learn about what's going on and really kind of manage it themselves. And I was lucky that I was able to have that inspiring kind of conversation because I left the day feeling a little bit better than I had when I woke it up. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. Hey, Ryan here to talk about my election day 2016. It started the same as a lot of people's. I got up and I voted, voted for Hillary, and felt this relief that it was finally over. And it obviously wasn't but I remember going home and I remember we started this whole long conversation about all my Facebook friends that were Trump supporters and the family that I still engaged with all the time and and I gave this whole long monologue about how it's really important more than ever to listen to these people and engage with them and you know even though we disagree politically it's important to always show them why they're wrong and argue with them, but you know, in a respectful, civil way, but to just make sure that everybody, you know, there's no reason to block people just because of their political beliefs. And it was all very 
optimistic about it. So then fast forward to that night, and we actually went back to the same dive bar that we watched the 2012 elections in, which is just this local place that we go to all the time. And it's one of those bars that's kind of empty most of the time. So when you bring a group of people, you you pretty much have the run of the place. So we thought it'd be fun. I invited a bunch of friends. We probably had maybe 15-ish of us. And when we got there, it was different than usual because there was a comedy open mic night that we weren't expecting. And just about everybody that was there was a performer. And they were mostly veterans that were there just to try out some new material. And since we were this group of people and we were the only other people there, they decided to just tell jokes to us, even though we were there just to watch the election. And we're trying to be respectful, but it was I thought it was pretty clear that we were not there to listen to their weird material. But we were there to watch the exit polls. And I remember things, everything seemed fine. At first, and throughout the week, all of my friends had been going to me because I was the one who paid the most attention, texting me, we're still fine, right? We're still okay. So throughout the whole night, I didn't just have to deal with it, but I had to keep lying to people and telling them, no, I'm pretty sure this is fine. I'm pretty sure we're okay. They haven't called Pennsylvania yet. They haven't called Wisconsin yet. And I think we're going to be okay. And then as the night wore on, I started getting less and less optimistic about it. And started responding to those texts with, I just, I don't know anymore. I, 538 is saying that Trump has a 75% chance of winning, and I don't know. And eventually, I was just absolutely distraught. I was screaming at everybody. I was yelling at my gay friends that were there that this means they're not going to be able to get married anymore. And it was, it was really one of the worst nights of my life, just watching my entire view of what I thought America was just crumbling in front of me that we elect that we're electing this everybody knows what Trump is at least I thought everybody knew and it was so so obvious to me that this man shouldn't represent us and it's bit in the face of what I thought was the American dream and the American morality and what it meant to be an American and It took me a really, really long time to come to terms with that. And I haven't come to terms with that at all. And I still don't understand how this demagogue was put in our our highest office and how people thought that he was a good idea to represent us. And I remember just going home and waking up my parents and being like, I guess Trump's president and like screaming at them while they were asleep and then just like storming off and going to bed. And the morning after was when it really started to hit me that this is a this happened. This was a real thing that happened to us. And it didn't happen to us. We chose this. This is what we picked. This is our fault as a nation. It wasn't a tragedy. It wasn't an attack. It was our choice to let this monster represent us. And in the morning, my girlfriend left and I was home alone because I had work later in the day and I was sitting in my kitchen and just, I had no idea what to do. And I just remember in just this emotional haze, I unsubscribed to every political podcast I followed. I 
all those friends that I was talking about how important it is to reach out with them, I unfollowed every single one of them. Anyone that even was such a Bernie bro that he would vote third party, I wanted nothing to do with any of these people anymore. And I was so infuriated and I was just sitting in my kitchen doing these things and just openly weeping that I woke up in a different world than I fell asleep in. And I woke up in a world that I did not understand. And I eventually, thanks to like my friend Michael's comedy podcast, Wings, I finally got up from that chair and said, no, I have to go to work. Like, I'm a teacher. I have to go teach my kids. And I teach one-on-one in people's homes, so it wasn't like I had to walk into a whole classroom, but... I had to, I walked into my first client's house and I was sitting there just doing some, whatever we were doing, geometry or whatever. And Obama's speech was on in the background and I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. I had to end class early and I had to cancel the rest of my day and I just went home and I didn't know what to do. I never went back and listened to the rest of Obama's speech. I still don't think I can. And I remember getting home and starting to talk to my dad in a very difficult state. And I just started screaming at him. And he did not vote for Trump, but he didn't vote for Hillary either. He couldn't vote for anyone that he felt was the lesser of two evils. He felt it was still an evil choice. And I'm not going to get into my problems with that now. But I felt like not because he voted for him, it was his fault, because he bought into this both sides are just as bad kind of rhetoric that just muddied the waters between the less moral and the immoral. And that false equivalency is why we are in this state that we're stuck in now. It let someone that wasn't smart enough or kind enough or anything. He wasn't enough anything to be the president. And I remember screaming until I was crying and having my dad just come over and hold me and said, I know it's not me you're mad at. And I know you just have to be mad at someone, but if you have to be mad at me right now, that's fine. You can do that. And when you're done, we'll see what happens next. You know, maybe it won't be as bad as you think. Give him a chance. And at that point I started yelling again, but (laughs) it didn't, that time it didn't last as long and that didn't that's not the type of relationship that we have and for that day it was and it was it was what I needed and I think it's what a lot of people needed and not everybody had that and for a lot of people it wouldn't it wasn't enough because I my rights were not threatened the way they were other people my rights weren't threatened the way my gay friends that I yelled at that night were They were not threatened the way that my trans friends were. They were not threatened the way any of my, the way my women friends were, the way any of my friends were. But there was something about it that I couldn't, I just, I couldn't understand. And I still can't understand. And I don't know how we move past that. I don't know how we get over that. I don't know how we stop needing to be held in this world. I don't know how we can move forward past this blight in our nation's history. And every day 
is a million years in Trump's America. And I try so hard to stay the optimistic one. And it's it's easy sometimes. When we beat all the healthcare appeals, it was easy. When we swept on election day, it was easy. But most days it's not. Most days it's it's really difficult. It's it's almost impossible to be the optimistic one, but we have to be. There's no other option because if we're not the ones holding this country as it weeps for what it's done, there's nobody else that can do that. There's nobody left to do that. We have to be better because if we're not, that only leaves us to be worse. And I can't live in a country that's worse than it is now. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. Independent Podcasting Network.